I do a little bit of everything. Primary job role is to maintain well control and be a second set of eyes for the drilling crew. Secondary to that is actually the rocks, ironically enough. So everything that comes up from the well bore that we drill through, I actually take a look at under a microscope, log it, create client deliverables from that, and maintain sensors, gauge every single parameter, and monitor all parameters when we're drilling to ensure everybody's safety. That's Lauren Van Jenny, an offshore senior mudlogging geologist. Today, I'm speaking with Lauren about her career and what inspired her to leave the prairies of Alberta, Canada to work on offshore drilling rigs. This is the Women Offshore Podcast. I'm your host, Ali Cedeno, a mariner and founder of Women Offshore. Women Offshore is an online organization and resource center supporting a diverse workforce on the water. Lauren Van Jenny is the editor of Women Offshore and a field technical analyst as a senior mudlogging geologist. She resides in Grand Prairie, Alberta, Canada. Lauren earned a bachelor's degree in geology from the University of New Brunswick in 2014. Since then, she has worked on various deep water exploration rigs and production platforms in the North Atlantic and Gulf of Mexico. I'm now pleased to introduce Lauren Van Jenny. Welcome to the Women Offshore podcast. Thank you so much, Allie, for having me. So please start out by telling us a little bit about your background and how you got to working offshore. I actually was an esthetician prior to ever being a geologist. Um, my first year university was where I got the idea in the first place. A friend of mine played football, and he was a bit of an animal house story in that it took him quite a while to finish his undergrad, and years later, um, very successful, making six figures. And so one day, I, I had just decided on a career change, and I thought, well, if he can make that kind of money, I'm certainly smart enough to be his boss. So off I went, finished my Bachelor of Science degree, and I'm a geologist working offshore. I never really wanted to work offshore. I didn't know that was an option. I was trained to be in hard rock geology, nickel, copper, diamond exploration, that kind of a thing. My first job offer was offshore. So off I went. How hard can it be? In my job description as a mudlogging geologist offshore, I do a little bit of everything. Primary job role is to maintain well control and be a second set of eyes for the drilling crew. Secondary to that is actually the rocks, ironically enough. So everything that comes up from the well bore that we drill through, I actually take a look at under a microscope, log it, create client deliverables from that, and maintain sensors, gauge every single parameter and monitor all parameters when we're drilling to ensure everybody's safety. That sounds like a lot of responsibility that lays in your hands for drilling the well. It is an incredible amount of responsibility. When I, Especially, you know, you're first offshore. No textbook in university is going to prepare you at all, let alone very well, to work offshore. So when I got out there, it was, it was quite a bit of a deer-in-the-headlight situation. And, uh, and then you find out what your job description is, in addition to all of your job role with respect to the geology side, there's so much more to it, but it, uh, it does, it is not as daunting 
as it's made out to be. <laughs> you do get the swing of it quite quick. What would you say has been the biggest challenge for you working offshore? I'd say my biggest challenge working offshore is not having a set schedule. You're away from your family and friends and it's that in itself is, is difficult. You have to be a certain kind of person to be okay with that. But you also need to be able to have a good work-life balance. When that gets thrown out of whack and you're not able to plan the rest of your year, three weeks in and three weeks out, it, it, it's a strain. It's a strain on your life and the normalcy that you're trying to achieve while having a very abnormal career. What do you do to overcome this challenge? How do you make it work? You really take time and enjoy the little moments in everything. That is a nice surprising byproduct of this job. When you work in a very remote location and things, operations can go sideways and so you're needed back on the fly, quite literally and figuratively, you really do start to appreciate the tiny little things in life that you glanced over and didn't realize you maybe took for granted in the first place. Lots of phone calls, lots of little emails, notes, just to connect yourself back to the home life that you're looking to get back to quite badly after a three-week hitch. When you get home, what is your ritual? Do you have one thing that you're always looking forward to doing as soon as you get home? Maybe some food that you've missed for the last three weeks? I have to be honest on this question. Yeah, it's a glass of wine. You know, we're in a dry camp for three, sometimes four weeks at a time. I'm really looking forward to a glass of wine, my couch, and getting my hands dirty in my garden again. I'm quite a bit of an introvert when I get home. So those are my happy places. If you could give any advice to a woman who might be nervous about going offshore for the first time and being one of the only women, what would you tell her? I think in many situations, it's easy to place so much pressure on yourself, especially as a woman in a man's world. It's, it's intimidating. But to put that pressure on yourself that it's going to be worse than it is. It makes, it makes a situation maybe feel worse than it is. So now don't get me wrong. I was terrified when I first went out there. It was in the middle of the ocean. I was born in the prairies. I don't have any sea legs. So furthermore, I had no idea really what my job description was really going to entail. So you get out there and I think maybe I have, I was just lucky that I had a crew that I could lean on and count on every last one of them, every one of them. And really all, all it takes is to just be yourself as cliche as that sounds Don't get wrapped up in the what ifs, in the nervousness. We're all human. We're all people in the end. We all have the same worries about job performance, about being away from home. Women, purple, blue, green, yellow, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Treat somebody the way that you would want to be treated. And it's, it doesn't matter the gender, really. In the end, it's nice to have other females out there to commiserate with. You know, you're going through similar things, obviously, because of your gender, but it, it does not define what your job role and how you should treat anyone else. So offshore, there's few women, certainly, and it can be great having them out there. It can be awful having them out there. You know, it depends on the personalities. So be your best you and reach out to women offshore. We've been there. We do that. This is, we have that experience. We have all of that experience between all of us. So just make it easier on yourself. Don't be too hard on yourself. 
I wish I had heard that from someone when I was first starting out because I was hard on myself. And thank you for saying that. So your time offshore, is this a long-term career? What do you want to do with this experience? Talking to some women, they go out for a few years and then they take that experience to another role, maybe onshore. For you, though, what's your plan? To be honest, I'm winging it. I am absolutely winging whatever this life has in store for me. I love being offshore. I love the cruise, the lifestyle. I love that I feel like I'm coming straight out of a movie when I get on a helicopter to go to work. So if I can keep doing what I'm doing offshore, I will. If an, if an opportunity presents itself onshore, um, it, I'll take that as well. All this decision is based on is how can I elevate my career and learn the most that I can learn. Yes, elevating your career It's something that we focus on at Women Offshore. You are the editor of Women Offshore. You want to share with everyone how you came to be the editor, what happened, and just just share the beginning. I love hearing this story. It's pretty funny, so go ahead. It is a funny story, and I do like telling it because I was the happy accident that happened within the team. So a friend of mine I had actually met at a training at training in uh, in a facility in Paris. She worked in the Gulf of Mexico. I was um, in Atlantic and Eastern Canada in the North Atlantic Ocean. So we met at this training and she said, listen, I've got this colleague that I work with. I, I really think that you should share some of your experiences working offshore. She's looking for women to contribute. So I'm going to put you in touch with her. And so she did. Lo and behold, here I am on a Facebook group to help contribute blog article of some sort, some tidbit of wisdom that I could pull out and share. Well, unfortunately, I was turned away swiftly and promptly, but very graciously, because it was actually a a secret squirrel kind of a group for this potential blogging website. So it was, I was not to be in the inner circle yet. I was supposed to be outside the circle. So... You you swiftly turned me away, <laughs> but very graciously, and then wrote a few pieces. And for whatever reason, the fates, winds of fate changed, and I became editor and, and helped it as much as I could because I thought it was an absolutely brilliant initiative. I remember writing articles for like four days straight. I was so excited. I was wide awake. It was five in the morning. I'm still tickety-tacking away on my laptop, and it, it just was something I really wanted to sink my teeth into and help out as much as I could. I really appreciate all the work that you put in from the very beginning. It was incredibly impressive. You didn't know me. You didn't know the other people I had been working with. I was in South Korea. You were in Canada. And we just made it work, and it was beautiful. And it's a great time in my life, I'm sure for you as well, when we launched. And then we just kept rolling with it. So a year later, we had our first event, and that was awesome. And it was the first time you and I met face-to-face, and that we had half the team together. So that was incredible. Thinking back to Unite, which was a few months ago, what was that like for you? I was pretty shell shocked, actually. Um, not not just the turnout; it wasn't so much that. It was how 
into it. Everybody who came was. And we had three cases that I can think of specifically. And they're traveling halfway, if not the entire way, wrapped around the globe to get to our humble little beginnings of an annual conference. Everybody was so engaged. We did... (laughs) We didn't have one awkward pause, silence. We need to make up some time here. We're waiting on lunch to show up. We have nothing more to talk about. Nothing of the sort happened. We went over by hours. Everybody was so willing to share their experiences, their lives, extremely personal parts of their lives with complete strangers based on the sole fact that we had one common bond of all working offshore as women and having gone through knowing because of that knowing that you've gone through most of the same experiences that was so humbling to me to be a part of that it was incredible yeah it was very humbling and just such an honor that all these women many paid their own way to come to our very first event so as our next one gets closer we're working on it and I know you're excited about it and I I just can't wait we're planning it, and we'll hopefully have the details out in a few more months. Yeah, and that I'm, I'm really looking forward to, although I'm, I think we may need a bigger space for next year. <laughs> that would be my advice. I'm really excited for it and uh, looking forward to, to planning this great big second kick of the can next year. Okay, last question for you, Lauren. What is one thing that you always bring for yourself personally – offshore? Ooh, that is a great question. The one thing that I cannot go offshore without are Jolly Ranchers. The hard Jolly Rancher candy. Because I'll tell you right here and now, a $5 bag of candy goes a long way on that rig. Somebody could be absolutely having the worst day of their lives. You have no idea. You leave a little candy on their desk and they come back to it after break. That little red candy is going to make their day. And you'd be surprised how much help you can get by just offering one little piece of candy. (laughs) It doesn't take much. You know, it doesn't take much just to put a little bit of home back in a place that does not feel like home. So it is appreciated more, more than you know out there, and it benefits everybody. So, yeah, Jolly Ranchers. I don't leave home without them. Excellent. That's some great advice. Pack some Jolly Ranchers next time you go to sea. Thank you so much, Lauren. It's awesome to have you on Women Offshore. And thank you for coming on the Women Offshore podcast. Thanks so much. I'm I'm happy you finally asked me to be on it. (laughs) Coming up on the Women Offshore podcast, I'm excited to share with you that I have an interview with a representative from the Maritime Administration of the United States government. We're going to talk about diversity and inclusion and how the maritime industry is changing. I also have some more interviews with women who work on the water. I'm so excited to share all these with you in the new year. From Women Offshore, I'd like to wish you a very happy holiday season, happy new year, stay safe out there, and I'll talk to you soon.